Welcome, everybody, and welcome to What's the Problem, the show that explores problems that buyers and practitioners in the security space face in today's world. Today, we are lucky to have Matt Bueller joining us. Matt, say hello to our listeners. Hey, Mike. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you, man. So let's let's get into it. Why are you qualified to talk about security? Well, uh, I got my start in mining and construction and uh, beginning it of August last year, I made a switch into cybersecurity. Um, I studied at the University of Pennsylvania through one of their boot camps, and I graduated this February in it. Um, I participated in some of Trace Labs CTFs. Uh, Trace Labs assist law enforcement uh, globally to find missing persons who um, have disappeared. So we hold events where we um, look to help them find open source intelligence to hopefully locate those persons and return them to their families. Uh, there's one coming up that I will be judging here and at the end of the month. Uh, I've also participated in Meta CTF with my team. We placed uh, in top couple hundred uh, out of over a thousand. Uh, and in December, I participated in a dark webathon through the uh, anti-human trafficking intelligence initiative where we assisted um, them uh, track down child sexual assault materials on the dark web uh, for them to turn over to law enforcement for further action. And that's what kind of led me here to this point. Well, first of all, Matt, thank you for all the work you're doing uh, in assisting the process of finding missing persons. Um, that's, that's really incredible work. So I just wanted to say thank you there. And I think that actually leads us into the second question of name a problem. Um, you've worked in these different uh, now you're judging, not only participating, but now you're judging um, some of these exercises. Name a problem uh, when it comes to security and missing persons and or working with law enforcement. So I would definitely say a problem is certainly awareness, um, awareness to what can actually be done uh, by the everyday person for something like this. Uh, a lot of the work we do is all open source, um, which means that if it's on the clear web, meaning it's not behind a paywall or it's not behind a uh, password protected site, uh, we have access to it. So this means uh, looking through social media accounts, um, any open information that is on government websites, like articles of incorporation for a company, et cetera, et cetera. All of this information that's open, it can be found um, and it can be explored. And um, when, People hear of missing persons and things like that. They think it's only something that law enforcement can do. But I mean, you can really, if law enforcement asks for help for it, you can go on social media and passively, meaning you're not interacting with the victim or the victim's family or any of their family members. You're just looking for a piece of information that you might be able to relay to law enforcement. And I can stress again, passively, um, because it gets into some legal territories uh, when you do any active investigation. So, but just awareness that there are a lot of people that go missing. Um, there are a lot of children on that have been exploited that there, those images um, that information is located on the dark web. Um, and just awareness that this is a problem that together uh, as the human race we need to solve and to end uh, these atrocities towards children and do our best to return those who are missing to their uh, loving families. Tell me what success looks like. 
Success. You know, you, you, yeah, I think, uh, let, let me reframe the question. We're talking about uh, missing per- missing persons. If you're uh, assisting um, law enforcement or, or feeding them information or intel, um, I think that one is probably pretty easy, right? Like success looks like that person is found and returned to their family. Is that right? Or am I missing what success like when you actually start and engage in these activities? Certainly, that can be a form of success. Um, I would also say some other forms of success would be just finding a small kernel of information that you you may never see the result of you finding that kernel of inve- uh, uh, kernel during the investigation, but law enforcement will be able to track that down and to act on um, it and do what they need to do. So just knowing that you are contributing to a sort of a source of good in the world that you're doing some good in the world to me that's what success looks like um unfortunately some people may never be found unfortunately um uh there may always be some form of csam on the dark web hopefully not hopefully we'll be able to eradicate it but uh even even define csam for our listeners I, i know we're familiar but for our listeners Absolutely. So child sexual assault material. So that would be uh, images, relate uh, videos, um, media uh, that is that exploits children in a sexual manner. Got it. So if I can repeat back to you, it's always helpful for me to kind of speak back to people, make sure I hear you correctly. Yes, you can be actively uh, involved in a missing person coming coming home. That's a, a, a measure of success for sure. That being said, not every, not every exercise ends that way and going in with the mindset that that's the problem you have to solve. Like it's your responsibility to bring this person home actually is not, it's helpful, you know, uh, ideologically, but you can help and not actually see the end result by doing those little pieces, those kernels of information, like you mentioned, like that is, that is also incredibly helpful, even though you don't get to see, you know, the big family reunion at the end of that. 100%. Um, And it's just a, it it can be very taxing emotionally. um, If even, even if you have the right goals in mind, um, it can be very taxing to see that information day in and day out. I just want to clarify something. Uh, The, the event that we did um, related to CSAM, we weren't exposed to the CSAM videos and the CSAM content because we used a something called project Hades uh, which blocks the images uh, from being able to be seen by us who are investigating. But even still, the gravity of the topic can weigh on you. So it's just important to look after your own mental health. Um, uh, and I do not recommend and I will not condone anybody going on the dark web and specifically looking at child uh, imagery, even if it's to help law enforcement, um, because that's it's just it's just jarring material, you know. Tell us a little bit more about Project Hades. Is this something that you um, started using when you were at UPenn or where did this come from? Uh, No, Project Hades was developed by the uh, Anti-Human Trafficking Intelligence Initiative. Um, I believe the website would be followmoneyfightslavery.org.com. But essentially it allows you to browse the dark web without being exposed to the content. So you can search uh, using email addresses. If there's an email address that has been leaked onto the dark web, you can put in an onion address. And an onion address is just basically uh, 
it's it's like a Google. It's like you put in a Google uh, address, except it's uh, it's an onion address is what it's called uh, or e tags or email or uh, um, uh any, any personal identifiers you might have uh, for someone that be email addresses, names, etc. You it 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 scrapes the dark web and it ingests information, and that information uh, can then be used to dive further using uh, open source intelligence. Perfect, Matt. Well, again, I, I know I mentioned this at the beginning um, of you sharing this problem. You know, thank you for your work that you're doing. Not not just you, but you know, uh, other folks on your team. Um, really really awesome work, um, working to make the, the world a better place. We, we just dove into a pretty intense problem there. Um, and, and I'd like to bring us back up and ask our third and final question uh, of the episode. So Matt, tell us about your worst haircut. Oh, my worst haircut. That would be the one that I'm recovering from right now. Uh, went to get a haircut at a place. Recovering. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am recovering. Uh, <laughs> So I got a haircut at a place I don't normally get a haircut at because uh, the other place was booked and I had an event and went in and I get just a fade cut, you know, uh, classic cut, meaning with scissors, uh, textured. And this individual that cut my hair absolutely butchered it. it. You know, when you see the see some of those cartoons where somebody sticks their finger in a light socket and the hair stands up. Oh, yeah. Imagine that. And then it went through a shredder. So, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the process of growing it out and fixing it. Um, so I've been wearing a lot of hats lately. <laughs> but that was by far the worst. Um, and in very recent, very recent memory. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, well, I appreciate you being brave, uh, being a little vulnerable there, sharing about your light socket haircut. Um, we've definitely had some good answers and good responses to that question on this show. And yours is Yours is up there towards the top in terms of a visual. I can see what happened to your hair, uh, even though we're on a podcast. Um, so with that being said, that was What's the Problem. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, Matt, thank you for attending our show and being a guest expert. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you for having me.